Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. Also, it's brought to you by Computer Business Breakthrough. Computer Business Breakthrough is an online training program specifically designed for IT consultants that's taught by myself and Lisa Hendrickson. In the training, we teach you how to escape the grinding break-fix mindset of cheap clients and feast-famine finances so that you can focus on becoming a truly sought-after expert in your field. This month only, get 50% off the course at computerbusinessbreakthrough.com. On today's show, we have Nigel Moore here to tell us about the top five marketing mistakes that he's made in his business life and how to avoid them. We'll talk about why micro-commitments are the best way to build your prospect list, when to know it's time to stop a marketing campaign, and here's a hint, it's probably not when you think, and a marketing tip from none other than Donald Trump. Also, we'll chat about some good options for sending out postcards automatically and other ways you can show your clients that you appreciate them. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page and click on the following tab and then select See First so that every time the video goes live, it'll jump to the top of your feed. And uh, hopefully you can figure out what time 7 p.m. Eastern is in your time zone because we just went into, I think we went out of daylight savings times or I, or we went into daylight savings time. I can never <laughs> remember, but we basically gained an hour. Uh, Worldtimebuddy.com. That's my favorite yeah. site. Okay, there you go. There you go. And and that man with the helpful time tips there is Nigel Moore. He is uh, joining us from uh, across the world in Australia. And he is uh, the founder of the Tech Tribe, which is a global community of MSPs. Uh, and he's going to talk to us today about five marketing mistakes that he's made over the course of his business life and then how you can avoid them. So uh, we're glad to have you on the show. Nigel Moore, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. I kicked the morning off with a, or it's morning over here, nighttime for you guys, but I kicked the morning off with a surf as the sun was coming up. So I am primed today. I'm at a, in a good spot and loving, loving the world. I, I can imagine that's probably a little bit better than a cup of coffee, <laughs> a surf in the morning. You can imagine my brain works at a billion miles an hour. And if I put coffee or caffeine in there, it just kind of implodes. So ah, the surf gotcha. is a much better way for me to start the day. Nice. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm a little jealous, but uh, that's, that's awesome that you're able to do that before work. So uh, we're going to uh, have our interview with Nigel here soon. Uh, before we do that, I just wanted to take a peek at uh, the Computer Business Marketing Facebook page like we do every episode and uh, see what's going on over there. Highlight some of the the good posts that have been happening over there. 
So uh, the one I wanted to talk about first uh, was a question I asked. I asked the folks, how do you show your clients that you appreciate them? So just kind of wanted to get an idea of, uh, you know, what you do to, to let your clients know that, that, that you appreciate them. And, and the, the catalyst for this was I was just thinking the other day, you know, our, our clients are, are, are special. I mean, they, they were willing to part with their hard-earned money and sometimes a lot of it. Uh, to trust us and put their trust in us that we're going to, you know, take care of a lot of times it's very sensitive information or, you know, work on their computer. And so that's kind of a big deal. And uh, I, you know, I was thinking of ways that I could show appreciation to my clients saying, you know, I just, I, I appreciate you for uh, taking the time to to put your faith in me. And so um, I, I threw that question out there to try to get some ideas from folks. Um you know, so some people said a typical thing like, you know, just work hard and, you know, show them respect and, and do a good job. And yeah, that's cool. But I, I was thinking, you know, there, there's of a way to kind of go above and beyond and really, because you, of course, you should be giving them a good, good service and treating them with respect. And I think that's kind of a given, but what, what can you do to go above and beyond? So Jamie Hill gave a good uh, tip there. He, um, he gives birthday and Christmas presents to every single one of his clients. So uh, that's kind of cool. You know, first of all, you have to capture their birthday somehow, but once you do that, that's a cool way to really kind of personalize it. Right. Cause everybody sends out Christmas cards during the holidays and, and stuff, but to send them like something for their birthday and to kind of personalize it or something like that, I think is pretty cool. Um, also, and, and someone asked Jamie, you know, can you afford to do that for every one of your clients? And he was saying, well, you know, for his big fish clients, you know, he does something special, like send them a gift for everybody else. He might shoot them an email or send them a, uh, an e-card or something like that, but just, you know, let them know that you're thinking of them, I think is, is a great thing to do. Also, um, Eric Wharton says he buys their office lunch every now and then. And I, I think that's an awesome idea. If you're, if you do on-site work, uh, is if you show up, you know, when you show up, bring some coffee or, or bring their favorite lunch or, you know, breakfast, bring donuts or something. Um, I, I know a few, uh, you know, on-site technicians who do that. And, and I think that's a great idea. Um, and then, you know, uh, that works if you go on-site. I don't know how effective that would be if you're, you know, more of a work from home or remote type of, of a computer business. Um, you can maybe send them something uh, like that. Uh, but I don't know, Nigel, what do you think? What, what are some ways that you've kind of shown appreciation to your clients? I love that? getting in people's bellies. And uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so all about the food. One of the, the biggest things that I've seen that's really successful is out here in Australia, and I'm sure it's probably all around the world, is we've got these hampers that you can buy that are a mixture of fruit and a mixture of chocolate. And mm. they're, a, they're such an awesome way to just send that out to a client, especially if it's like we recommend it as part of an, an onboarding process for every new client is, right. hey guys, we're really excited to be working with you. Here's some something for your belly. And instead of sending out mouse mats and all of these kind of things that are really just marketing and people are immune to it because it's marketing, you're getting in their belly and you, your first visit on site after that, they go, oh, you guys are the guys that sent us the chocolate or whatever. And the relationship is kicked off on such a good footing. Right. I like that. Yeah. So don't wait around until, you know, their birthday or something. It's, it's as soon as you start that relationship with them, send them the, uh, the fruit, fruit and chocolate basket. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Hit that sweet tooth, but give them some, <laughs> absolutely some, some get healthy. in their bellies. <laughs> nice. Love it. Cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, th- so some great ideas there on that post. Um, but just something to think about, you know, just think about your clients and let them know 
that you appreciate them uh, take you know sticking their neck out for you and taking that leap with you, and and I, I think they they'd remember that. Actually, one little thing: um, if you've got I'm going to duck away from here, but one little thing: even if you've got a lot of clients and and you find it hard to try and make something personal, you can even automate a lot of the process with things like these little thank you cards, which they show up handwritten and yes. they can plug into a lot of CRM systems out there nowadays. So you can just automate on day 60 of this person being a client, you can send them a little handwritten thank you note. Yes, well, what's nice the, what simple. service do you use for that? That one is called Thanksster, T-H-A-N-K-S-T-E-R, and it plugs into a lot of CRM systems, so you can just automate the process. If you've got hundreds or thousands of customers, just a little thank you note saying, hey, we appreciate your business, thanks for being with us. It goes a long way. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Just a little little personal touch there definitely mm. goes a long way. Cool. We'll, we'll put that link in the show notes. Awesome, awesome uh, resource. Cool. Uh, another uh, post we had in the in the group. Uh, David Sims just just posted a tip for all of us. Um, he said it seems that the small business administration offices here in the U.S. are looking for people who can give presentations to local businesses about cybersecurity. So that's uh, that's a good opportunity to look out for. Uh, that's a really hot topic these days. You know, there's breaches left and right, and people are scared, uh, and they don't know what's going on. They don't understand how they can protect themselves, and it's it's a perfect opportunity for you to reach out to your local business administrations and uh, and speak on this subject, be the subject matter expert, and then you'll be the first person they think about to uh, you know to to go to when they have questions or they need help with this kind of stuff. Uh, and then, it's good with that because the media is doing half of your work for you. They're educating the market. You've then just got to go and provide the solution. You don't have to pay to do any of that education. Right. They're, they're scaring your clients. <laughs> yeah, correct. Exactly <laughs> From right. From the fear of God. They're and just setting, and then, setting the perfect opportunity up for you. You come in as a savior and, uh, mm. and set them straight. So, yep. Great, uh, great tip there, Dave. Thanks for that. And uh, Dave finally, is a legend. Yes. And uh, finally, um, along the same lines as actually what Nigel just mentioned, uh, another Dave, Dave Greenbaum, mentioned that uh, there's this uh, new service that he was looking into called LOB, L-O-B. And it's actually, uh, it looks like it's a, it's a postcard sending API. Uh, and you can uh, connect into it and connect it to, like Nigel was saying, a bunch of different services and uh, and you can pay you know per postcard. Um, so if you just have a few that you want to try out with, you can you can get started for like seventy cents a postcard. Or it's got some monthly plans where you can send you know a hundred thousand, however many you want postcards. So you can you can send them, and it's kind of it kind of works like a uh, an email marketing system where you can set up automations around you know certain events and certain actions that they take. Uh, can that you can send out certain postcards depending on you know if they purchase a service from you or something, um, just to automate all of that. And so that's that's one that uh, David Greenbaum uh, brought up. Lob that's another one to look into along with Thanksgiving. Um, lots of lots of cool stuff out there that that uh, you know you don't have to sit there and be handwriting you know postcards anymore. <laughs> Absolutely, you can even plug some of those those um, hamster the food hamster things into your CRM as well. And there's APIs that automate them, so you can automatically send your fruit and you can automatically send your card. All of oh man. Yeah. It's part of a, an onboarding or a, a retention or a nurturing process. Very cool. That's good. We'll, we'll have to do like a, a workshop on that or something to to walk through <laughs> how to set all that up. But the, I mean, like with if if this and that or something like that, you can just you can automate everything pretty much and just 
work work on servicing your clients. <laughs> which Absolutely. Is really, you know, yeah. what, Absolutely. What we should all be doing. So cool. <laughs> Uh, awesome. So if you guys want to join in the con- all of these conversations that are happening in the uh, Computer Business Marketing group, just head to Facebook, search for Computer Business Marketing. It should be the first group that shows up in the search. Uh, and uh, on head on in there. Uh, we ask you a couple questions really quick just to, you know, make sure that you're you're not a, a spammer or someone that's just, you know, trying to sign up for groups willy-nilly. Uh, we'll let you in there and, and we'll have a bunch of fun. So look forward to seeing you in the computer business marketing group in Facebook. All right, before we jump into the uh, interview today, I just want to give a shout out to our first sponsor, and that is, as you guys know, TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is my baby. It is the service that allows you to quickly and easily build your own uh, website for your computer business. Uh, I think what sets TechSite Builder apart from everything else that that's out there is it, it sits comfortably in between the, the low end, like, uh, Wix it, like the free website builders, like Wix and, and, uh, Webly and, and WordPress.com and all of those where you can, um, you have the tools available, but it's, it's kind of clunky and it just gives you everything under the sun and you're not sure, you know, what, what content to add or where to put things to make it, turn it into an effective, effective website for your computer business. And of course, on the high end, you have the, the website services that build the website for you. Uh, and that's great if you can afford it. But what if you're kind of in the middle where you're, you, you know, you're a solo consultant or you're just getting started and, and you want that professional, effective web presence, but you can't afford to, to pay a high end consultant to do it? That's kind of what TechSite Builder is for. It gives you the tools to build your own website, but it gives you tools specifically designed for computer business owners. So things like, um, you know, a contact form right there on your homepage, places for you to put your, your business map so people can find you, your your um, uh, your address, your phone number, and then all of it in the back end is SEO'd <laughs> uh, to make it easily findable by Google. Um, and then we give you uh, supporting content. So things like uh, your about page and your services page and your homepage, we give you starter content so you can kind of get an idea of what you can write there. And then, of course, we provide uh, um, additional services like blog writing and uh, and SEO and that kind of thing to, you know, as you grow your business, you can add some of those services to really kind of take your, your computer business website to the next level. So if you're interested in that, check it out at techsitebuilder.com. All right, guys, here we are with Nigel Moore. He is the founder of the Tech Tribe, which is uh, a cool community that's made for MSPs. Um, and they got a lot of cool stuff going on back there. I'll let Nigel get into to what that's all about. But before he does, um, Nigel, I kind of just like to to dig in a little bit uh, briefly about your background, kind of where you come from, and what you, led you to the point you are today with uh, founding the Tech Tribe. Cool. So the 30-second kind of intro is uh, I started in the IT support industry back in two, late 2002, early 2003, working for an MSP, or back then it was just an IT support company. And over the next couple of years, I ended up being promoted to the general manager and uh, running that business. And through a a strange turn of events, which is a story for another day, uh, I ended up kind of inheriting a lot of the clients for that business and starting my own. And that was in 2008. And I was kind of 50 grand in debt because I was in my mid-20s spending money on boats and and silly stuff and uh, ran it from my dining room table. And uh, I was the only tech, I was the only accountant, I was the only bookkeeper, I was the only everything in the business. And I, I slowly grew it up to the point where we were six staff and uh, then myself and another friend of mine who was running the exact same size business, uh, sorry, I was five staff and he was five staff, 
Uh, we had been in a mastermind together for a while and we, we merged our two businesses together and created a, a larger business in 2013. And then in 2016, we went and sold the business and uh, we had a, a nice sale and we had a, a great team that moved across to the new business and they're all still, or most of them are still working across there now. And then um, we took a couple of months off and traveled the world with the kids and uh, my wife's French, so we spent five weeks over there, which was a little bit of a struggle when you don't know the language. Uh, I sat right. there listening to a lot, of, a lot of people talking French and eating a lot of cheese and wine and uh, that was the, <laughs> the limit of my holiday. Could be worse uh, places you could be... <laughs> It's true. This is true. Uh, we, then, we then came back and then spent another three weeks in Bangkok, which was really amazing. I was there cool. for a conference and I got a pile of friends over there. And uh, we took the kids to eat insects and uh, they were eating cicadas and, and all sorts of bugs huh. on the streets over there, which was interesting to say the least. Yes. But we got back and I always knew that I, I wanted to, to help MSPs in some way, shape or form. In the last couple of years of owning my MSP, I, had, I was doing some kind of ad hoc coaching to some other MSPs about um, just different things we'd implemented in our business and whatnot. And because by the end of the, by the, end of the time I, I had our MSP, I'd kind of got it to the point where I was only needed in it about five to 10 hours a week. And the rest of the team looked after all the day-to-day kind of stuff. And so I was coaching a few friends in the industry on the side and I was actually enjoying that a whole lot more than I was running my own MSP. Mm. And so that sort of meant the writing was on the wall that you've got to either set it up for sale or do something with it because it's not fair to, to be pulling myself out that far from it. Right. And so we went through a process and we set it up for sale and we, we did that time around the world. And now I've set up the Tech Tribe, which we launched back in uh, end of February, beginning of March this year. We're in 2017, uh, if you're listening to this sometime in the future. And uh, <laughs> we're now seven months old and we just nice. hit 175 members, uh, paying members last week. So we're, we're growing well. We've got solid plans to, to turn it into a, the global premier community for MSP and IT support business owners. And uh, we're loving, loving what we're doing, or I'm loving what we're doing. Awesome. Off to a good start, it sounds like. So um, back in, in the MSP you were running, uh, what kind of uh, services did you provide and what kind of clients were you focusing on? So we were typically focusing on clients between five and a hundred users. Uh, that was our, our kind of area, which is a pretty good market for most MSPs. The kind of below five, it's really hard to get enough budget to be able to support an MSP agreement. And anything above 100, they kind of get to the point where they, they might put their own people in or they've got much stronger requirements. So I love that whole five to 100 kind of size. And uh, we had a couple of different verticals that we had some a lot of clients in. One was hospitality and then professional services. They were our two kind of key Oh, ones and uh, which is funny because they're nothing like each other. It just kind of evolved like that, and that was yeah. one of the mistakes that we made at the beginning was not picking a particular niche. We kind of went out and said we work with everyone, and over the years that kind of decision ends up biting you in the rear end a little bit. But we made do with what we did. We had some great clients, and we weren't going to say we weren't going to get rid of them all. We just had to try and figure out how to make it work. Right. Cool. So. Um, it sounds like, yeah, like everyone who's running a business, you're kind of learning as you go, right? Especially <laughs> the earlier you started where they weren't groups like the, you know, the tech tribe to help you out. Uh, you had to kind of just, and there was no manual. You just kind of had to make the mistake experience or make the mistake. You just gotta so, make the mistake. So you, you wanted to, to come on today and kind of talk about some of those key uh, mistakes that you feel like um, were, you know, once you figured them out, they were turning points for your business. Um, so why don't you just kind of get started with with one of the first ones you have? Yeah, good. So so these are five marketing mistakes that I typically have made. I've seen people make them all the time. And uh, I'm just going to run through a couple of different th- ways that you can get through each one or that might give you some pointers on how to handle them. 
the first one for me is whenever I was doing marketing, when I first started doing marketing, especially in this new business as well, but it relates to any business, is that I wasn't meeting my audience where they were at. I was, in my head, I was always going, okay, well, I'm going to follow this kind of marketing over here that the corporates are doing and coming up with all this corporate babble speak and kind of all this, this stuff that my audience was not looking for that. They weren't looking for, for features and all this kind of stuff. They were looking for someone to build a relationship with them and teach them about IT. And so my, my first mistake that I was constantly making, and I'll, I'll give you an example in this new business. When we, um, when we launched the Tech Tribe, we, we had to go out and start to build a bit of a list and we did that via Facebook ads. And our first Facebook ads, we were trying to, uh, we partnered up with a Facebook ad agency and uh, they said, you've got, to, you've got to go down this webinar funnel. You've got to create a webinar funnel. And I went, okay, let's create a webinar funnel. And we, we put all this time and money and effort into creating it. And uh, we had horrible results. We were getting something like $180 per registration. Wow. <laughs> uh, and so after a week or and a half of that, I sat down and I, I just told them to turn it off. Let's try and regroup. And I sat there for a couple of days and I just went, what on earth is going on? And I went, I've got to put myself into the shoes of who I'm trying to target. And right. these guys don't want to jump on, like the first time they ever hear of me, they're not going to go and give me an hour or an hour and a half of their time and jump on a webinar from the first time they hear with me. They need to hear a little bit of value out of me or they need to get a little bit of micro commitment kind of out of me. So, so I really sat down and went, okay, what are our frustrations and fears and wants and aspirations, which is a, um, a model that I was taught by one of my coaches to go through, figuring out frustration, fears, wants and aspirations. And uh, I sat down and figured them all out. And one of the biggest frustrations that I hear in our industry is around managed service agreements. And everybody goes, what do you include in them? How do you get them? Like, mine's crap. Can I get a better one? Kind of thing. There's this big thing about managed service agreements. Um, and how to price them. Like really, people really struggle with how to price them. And so we went, okay, I'm going to go and build a guide on pricing managed service agreements. And so we spent hours and hours and hours and days and days and days building this guide in a way, uh, just outlining a, a format for the way pricing can really, really work well in an MSP. And then we went out and started a new Facebook campaign. Instead of asking for an hour up front, we asked them to submit a 14 or to fill out a 14 second survey, which was just what's the pricing model you currently use and how, how happy are you with it? And if you fill out that survey for us, we'll give you our 15 page pricing guide. And that worked gangbusters. We turned our leads from $180 down to $2 per lead. Nice. And it was all because right at the beginning, I just went straight out to the market and I, I just wasn't thinking about where my customers are at. I was thinking about just what I wanted to do. Right. And so, so that was my first kind of, that was one of my mistakes, many, my many mistakes that I made, but that's <laughs> a pretty, I see that pretty commonly as people are just not meeting the market where they are right now. You can then use those kind of micro commitments to escalate through the journey and you're leading your customers on a journey of learning more about you and whatnot, but start with the very, very basics. Right. Yeah. So you use the word micro commitment. What are some other like um, examples of, of that that you could, that like, you know, MSP or IT service businesses can use to, to find their customers where, where they are? So surveys and quizzes are good because everybody likes knowing a little bit about themselves. And so there's a big movement around what's mm. called a survey funnel in the marketing world now, or a quiz funnel. And, um, and MSPs that are going, or IT support people that are going to their clients, maybe you can do a quiz funnel around how protected are you for cryptoware or um, how, um, how efficient is your business in blah or how, how many risks have you got in your business? And, People will go, and I'm kind of ad-libbing there, so they're probably not the best surveys to do. If you sit down and brainstorm, you'd come up with a few I good ones. I think that's actually a great uh, survey idea is to say, you know, are you 
are you ready for the next, you know, uh, uh, cyber breach or, you know, how yeah, well correct. protected yeah. are you yeah. against, you know, a, a cyber attack? I think, I think correct. people would jump on that. And if you ask three or four or five questions, maybe six questions to get them through those little things, they're, they're just micro commitments. They're not even giving you their email address or their phone number at that point. They're literally just answering a couple of questions. And because oh, they've answered a few questions for you, that's then they're kind of committed a little bit to the relationship with you then. And then at that point, you can then start to say, okay, well, I've got this guide for you or I've got some value for you or I've got some training for you or whatever. Shoot me your email address now. And because you've started to build up that relationship with them and they've started to commit a little bit to you as well, you're kind of at a better point now. Right. And I, you know, I think this, people listening can, can really take this to heart um, as far as you know, offering value in in little bite sized chunks because I, I can't tell you the number of uh, IT businesses I still see because I follow a lot of IT businesses on social media and I I still see so many of them. Every post that they that they create is here's our new service, try our service. Yeah. This is yeah. what we can do for you and us 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 instead of you you know instead of you 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 <laughs> right and. So I mean, yeah. just just kind of take this to heart, and and those micro commitments, just little little pieces of, of value, um, and just taking them into your world slowly, I think is a great approach. Yeah, and especially in the the IT support world, where our sales cycle is not a kind of overnight sales cycle. We don't a customer doesn't come into our world and buy tomorrow. They typically buy six months, sometimes twelve months, maybe eighteen months down the track, and that means you've right. got to slowly lead them through this journey of getting to know, like, and trust you before you get to the point where they're willing to go and work with you as their, their supplier. Cool. Yeah. And that, that's something I hear a lot about uh, folks who, who um, had, like tried Facebook marketing once and it didn't work and then they mm. stopped doing it. Um, it. You know, it's, it's the, the, you have to have the mindset shift of, of a Facebook ad is not a, a, something that's going to get you a direct sale, Correct. you know, one for one. It's, it's a way to Correct. nurture leads and get leads into your world uh, and then continue to, uh, nurture them with these micro commitments. Correct. And then once they, once you do have them in your world, don't you don't need to ask for the sale straight away. You need to start delivering them some value, and so that they you can build up that Nike low and trust factor with you. And things like uh, even if they're on an if you've got them in your email system, even um, an email once a week or once a fortnight or once a month at the absolute most. It doesn't have to be a big long newsletter. It can just be something simple like, "Hey guys, there's a, a new ransomware thing going around. Here's a screenshot of what it looks like. Just make sure you keep an eye out." That's it. Takes yep. you four minutes to write, takes them one minute to read, and it's just added an extra step into them knowing and liking and trusting you. Very cool. Cool. All right. So, so that's a good one. Um, think putting yourself in your audience's shoes and then thinking about what they little bite-sized pieces of information that you can give them or little uh, little small interactions that you can have with them that, that can lead them um, into being a, a client. Uh, what, what's another mistake you found? Next up is one that I, I fell victim to this all the time and I see nearly every one of my MSPs that I speak to kind of falls victim to it as well. And, and that's that we think of marketing as this external thing. We always think of marketing as getting new clients where marketing is a twofold thing. You're marketing to external clients to get new prospects and leads in the door, but everybody forgets about their internal clients. These people that they've already got and they're providing one or two or three services to where they've got 20 services they could potentially provide to those people. And so to me, it's kind of the low-hanging fruit. If you're going out and you need more revenue in the business and you need some more turnover and whatnot, you don't necessarily have to go out and build a big external marketing campaign. You can come in and have a look at your existing client base. And one of the, the frameworks I get people to follow through is just listing out your service catalog along the top of an Excel spreadsheet. So maybe you offer hosted cloud, VoIP, 
uh, hosted cloud backups, BDR systems, what client training on Office 365, whatever it is, all your services across the top. Down the right-hand side or left-hand side, whatever way you, you're looking at me on your screen, you list all your clients. And then you go in there and you fill out green with all the, you make all the cells green with all the clients that have actually got that service from you already. And then you put in a yellow or an orange for all the people that don't have it, but are probably a pretty good prospect for it and it could help them out in their business. And then put a red in the ones that they probably will never buy it. They don't have a need for it from you. Hmm. And then that means all of that yellow in there is opportunity that you don't have to go out and start a, a paid campaign or whatever for. You can go out and just do internal campaigns to those clients. And so that internal marketing is kind of one of those things that a lot of people forget about because they just think we've got to go get more from our our, we've got to get more clients in the in the, the bucket where you can probably go a little bit deeper with your current clients and still provide them amazing service and you're probably missing things that they probably do need in their business as well. And I think that's a great opportunity to take when you add a new service or some kind of new offering mm. to your business is to revisit that spreadsheet and kind of add the, the existing clients there and reach out to them every time because it's, it's, it's killer to try to, to introduce a new service to the world you know, and they've never heard of you before. But to introduce a new service to your existing clients who know, like, and trust you already is is a lot easier. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I cool. Gonna... So I think that one kind of stands on its own. I, I don't need to go. I, we've talked about that before on this show. It's it's really, well, um, I think, it's something important to to reiterate all the time is to look at your existing clients for op- marketing opportunities because they're going to be your best cust- ongoing customers. Absolutely. Cool. What's uh, number mistake number three? Number three is not using personality. And mm. the problem I see all the time is uh, I look at websites in our industry and in any industry, and they're they're completely with devoid of personality. It's all mm. features and corporate babble speak and all this kind of stuff. And in the small business world, especially, people buy from people. They don't buy yes. from features. They don't buy. They don't even buy from benefits as much as they buy from people. And so, if you can inject personality, not only personal personality so that you're showing your team and, and you and you're coming across as humorous or funny or strict or whatever you are, whatever your personality is. Um, but you can also have your company have some personality as well. It really, really, really helps throughout that process of people, again, learning to know, like, and trust you. And in my first years of business, I was always just following the, the trends of the corporate guys and just making everything just corporate babble speak, which yep. ended up getting nowhere. And the minute I started putting personality in any of our marketing and, and making humor in it and being a little bit self-deprecative, which I am because from time to time, uh, it really, really, people started commenting and saying, oh, I just love how you guys had that in there. I just, the, what really shone out is that quick little thing in that video. And, um, and to me, it's such a fundamental thing that if you want to stand out in a sea of sameness, if you want to, if you want to rise above that kind of everybody doing the same thing, one of the first things you can do is go and inject personality. Get photos of you everywhere on the, the thing. Put photos of the team having fun on your website. Uh, put photos in even your email signatures, something basic as your email signatures, just so people know that you're just a human on the other end. You're not, you're not this faceless, nameless machine. And so for right. me, that's a, another one I see everywhere. Uh, I think, as I said, humor goes a long way. One of the ways that, um, that really works for me, and I know there's, there's people who love him and people who hate him, and I, I, I'm not going to talk about either side, but Donald Trump, if you throw one of his speeches into this app called HemingwayApp.com, mm. it will tell you the reading and comprehension level of his speech. And he typically speaks at a sixth grade level. Okay. And 
what yeah. the reason he does that is because people can really understand it. People don't have to look for work like the, as soon as you put a word like synergy or something like that into into there, it pops it up to kind of a ninth or tenth or twelfth grade level. But at the sixth grade level, everybody can just understand it. It's easy to read. They don't have to work hard to read. And it's that kind of micro commitment thing. You're not asking people to read big, long, convoluted texts of stuff. You're really leading them on a journey that they don't have to think hard about reading it. They don't have to try and understand complex words and whatnot. And so, so kind of apps or kind of processes like that where you're just using personality, being simple, just talking direct and to the point really, really can help. Yeah, I mean, talk about a... a- Brand of personality. I think Donald Trump's got that, that <laughs> market does, cornered. Yeah. I mean, his his name is on all the buildings and everything. So yep. you know, you don't have to take it to that extreme. But I think that's a good example of you know interjecting uh, yourself into all, all aspects of your business. And and you're right. You know, I, I see a lot of even on even on social media posts and stuff. They'll say. Um, we here at ABC, you know, computer repair would love to fix your computer. In or instead of saying, you know, hey, I'm Mike. Um, uh, mm. You know, uh, this this is some of the things I can do, and and this is how I can help you solve your problems, and and just you know, being a person. And and by the way, I'm a person that runs this company that can help you out. But this is who I am. Uh, I know some some people are are hesitant to do that. They're they're shy, or they don't think they're um, they they have enough. Um, uh, of a personality, um, I know some folks don't uh, like like their picture out there. So, how can folks like that start to infuse personality? Build a brand for your business instead. So, okay. so even places like you look at GoDaddy. You, we all know that we all most people know the owner, but GoDaddy, the brand, has got the and HostGator. Like they're both in the hosting industry. Most people know them, and you know HostGator's got the the Gator as the brand, and that Gator's got personality. And so instead right. of you don't have to go and inject personality, like your personality into it. If you're, you're shy or introverted, like most of us are, and me included, you can work really hard on injecting personality into the business and create a business based around personality. And it, it, can, be, um, it can be super, super simple, something just super, super simple, coming up with a moniker for your business or an avatar or something. And, I, th- uh, I think and that- the, the the big thing is as to you know don't take yourself or your business too seriously. Yeah, right. And and use use and and try to avoid all of that corporate speak because you're right. I mean, corporate speak is is there for corporate people to feel like they are you know justifying their their paychecks, <laughs> and, and it's really it doesn't help you understand the, the the meaning behind what you're trying to say any better than than simple words will. Correct. Um, I know uh, a fellow podcaster, Jeff Halash, over at the Podnuts Network, uh, is a big proponent of. He he says he throws up a little in his mouth every time someone says like uh, <laughs> some kind of you know corporate speak. So um, so I know listeners can relate to that, and and so don't feel like you have to to go there. Just just speak normally, speak plainly, yeah. and you're you're going to attract the type of clients that you're going to work best with. And be vulnerable, be yourself. If you're a shy, introverted person, use that to your strength. You can market your business as we're the shy, introverted computer guys <laughs> that are absolutely awesome at IT. Right. Because we're, we're really awesome at IT, but we're not so great at our social skills. You can turn that into a kind of a story about the whole business. And I think the whole like nerd, like putting nerd in the computer name and the business name and stuff was a big trend uh, here recently. Yeah. And I think that's kind of part of that is, you know, hey, we're nerds and we're proud of it, and, and yeah. that makes us good at what we do. So, so hire us. And I think that's yeah, a, yeah. I, I saw a T-shirt it. recently. Um, it was 
at, at school, respect the nerds because one day they will probably be your boss. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the nerds eventually take over the world. So Correct. Cool. Um, all right, what, what do you got next? What's the other mistake? Next up is know? not niching or niching far enough. And I, I, I had to put both in there because out here we niche. We don't niche. Yes. We niche. Um, but not niching far enough. And what I mean by that is most MSPs, myself included, when I first started, we went out and said, we can support anybody with a computer and a, de- and a heartbeat. And what that ultimately meant is we went out and we started boiling an ocean and good luck boiling an ocean. You'll be there forever trying to do it. And uh, a couple of problems happen. One is the most important one is you're never able to get great at something. You can get good and you can get okay. But if you go out and try and niche to everywhere, you, you can only get okay to good. To be able to, if you niche right down to a particular vertical or a horizontal industry or a, a horizontal software platform or something, that's when you can really, really get good. And now that relates to marketing in that you, your business doesn't have to be 100% niche. Maybe you, you look after accountants and lawyers and financial brokers. They're three different verticals that all operate kind of similar. So you've probably got a little bit of overlap with how they offer, off, operate. But when you are going to market, you absolutely, your campaigns should be niche. So you should have a marketing campaign focused specifically for accountants and a separate one for lawyers and a separate one to financial planners because their frustrations, fears, wants and aspirations are all completely different to each other. Yep. And so not niching far enough in your business is a mistake uh, for most people. There's some people can do it well, but it's pretty rare. Uh, and you typically can only do it at scale well, not in the kind of smaller end. But not niching far enough in your business offering, so who you support, and then not niching far enough in the marketing campaigns that you push out to them. Yeah, and I feel like you know a lot of people don't don't do this because you the the big businesses you see that are out there, you know the Microsofts, IBMs, whatever of the world, they they are you know there for everyone, and so you see them mm-hmm. and you're like, well, that's what you need <laughs> to be to be a business, right? You need to please everybody. But there, there are so many successful niche businesses out there that you've never heard of because they're in some niche that you know right. you're not a part of and, and you've never heard of it. Um, so, so don't don't feel like you, you can't be successful if you focus on a narrow niche. I mean, that's what that's what I've done. You know, I I started running a computer consulting business. I focused it down onto just web development. I focused it down further onto just WordPress uh, consulting. And, and then, uh, so that was the, um, the, the, you know, the, the platform. And then I focused it down into a, a niche, which was serving you guys, IT business owners. And so, I mean, that right there, you think it's such a small, you know, world, but really, you know, I've, I've been having my uh, VA do, do research for me to, to find like the market that's out there. And there's, I have a spreadsheet of thousands of computer repair businesses in the United States. So, thousands of potential clients and if you can speak to those clients and and that is in any industry vertical right you you can find thousands of people hundreds of thousands even millions of people in that vertical and then if you can speak to them and and you know become an expert at what their problems are in solving their problems you, people will just be knocking down at your door um without you needing to do much advertising at all it's really Absolutely. it's really remarkable Absolutely. And the, the good thing is that the more niche you go in your marketing, the cheaper it is. When you're the big Microsofts and, and those guys in the world, they've got to spread far and wide and they've got these big, deep marketing budgets that can do that. When you're, you're small and nimble, like most of us MSPs and IT support businesses are, you don't have the big, deep pockets. And so you need to figure out how you can make your campaigns efficient and effective and, and not cost you a lot of money. And the best way to do that is to niche right down because cost per click of a, a five-seat or 10-seat lawyer in a certain in the city metropolitan area that's between 45 and 55 year old male is a whole lot cheaper than trying to market to the entire of the Sydney population. There you go. Yep. 
It's great. So it's 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 beneficial on on lots of fronts to to niche down and don't be afraid. It's never too early either. So even if you're just getting started, um, you know you, you feel like you're you're limiting yourself by niching, but really you're you're opening up a world because you're able right. to laser focus on on yeah. those folks. I I heard a, once when I heard a story that that someone had built a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year information product marketing business for people that recover piano stools. That's when I realized that the world is big. The world is huge. If you can, if you can make wow. $150,000 a year, in, so he was selling a $27 ebook or whatever it was, and he made $150,000 a year business out of selling a $27 ebook to people that recover piano stools. Wow. That just kind yep. of just shows you the, the size of the marketplace around the world. And then the internet makes it possible. So it's, uh, yeah, correct. it's, yeah. it's amazing. Very cool. Okay. So what, what do you got? What's the last uh, tip? Last you one you us? kind of touched on before, and that's giving up too soon on a campaign. And uh, I see this everywhere. People will go out and they'll go and put a little Facebook ad campaign out or they'll go and send two emails to a cold list or whatever they've got and they don't get any results and they go, that failed. And, and I was exactly the same. I'd, I'd go, that failed. And that was it. I'd turn it off and I'd never do that, that approach again. And it comes back to that, what I said before is it's, it's a journey. It's a long sales cycle in our industry and people need that six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 15, 20 touches points with you sometimes before they'll buy from you. And so consistency is what really breeds results, not giving up too soon on a campaign. Uh, that's not to say that you shouldn't give up on certain things of a campaign, but you should be doing it based on testing and data and numbers, not just based on getting no results out of the first go. Right. And so when we, when we finally got our Facebook ad campaign working for our current business, uh, after we got those $180 registrations and we finally got them down to two, to get to that process, we didn't get down to two overnight. We, we spent a couple of weeks and, and thousands of dollars testing all the different audiences that are out there for that particular ad set too. And so we tested about 60 to 70 different audiences. And we had to do that for a week or two just to start to see what those results were and see who responded and see which ones didn't respond and whatnot. And it was all a learning process, which marketing is that. It's just testing, tweaking and learning, testing, tweaking, learning, testing, tweaking, learning. It's kind of yeah. that build, measure, learn approach that they have in the lean startup world. And, uh, and for me, that's one that I see all too often, people just get that first one or two or three little parts of the campaign out and that's it. They give up. And what they don't realize is that probably there's probably clients in that funnel that would have just needed one more touch point and they would have called mm. up and that's it. So giving up too soon, I did it way too often. And now I know that it's, I can only go by numbers now. I don't go via my gut feel anymore because my gut feel is always wrong. 100% yeah. wrong when it comes to marketing. <laughs> numbers don't lie, but my gut does. <laughs> So, so what, how long do you recommend folks stick with a campaign or, you know, when, how, how do you know whether it's time to call it quits or whether it's just, you need that next, you know, touch point? Uh, it's kind of this thing where you've got to try and build momentum. So you've got to go out there and figure out what you can do to at least get a couple of clicks or a couple of, a right. couple of people giving you their email address or whatever it is. Uh, because once you get to that point, then you can make decisions. But if you're, if you're out there for a month and you're not seeing any, any results of even people downloading things or doing taking these micro commitments, then that's probably too long. However, it's tough because every every business and every market is different. So it's what yep. works in mine is probably going to be completely different to what works for you. And so there probably is a little bit of gut feel in there. Um, and I think this circles back to to the first thing, right? Where if you meet your audience where they are, if you give them something that's going to be valuable to them, I think you you can't really lose. I mean, you, Correct, you do yeah. that, and then you build your campaign around that, and then you Correct. start tweaking from there. Correct. But but yeah, if you just kind of think about you know 
what's that that valuable free valuable content that I can give folks and they'll start getting interested in it and then really the decision is where to go from there right do Correct, I yeah. you know what what do I do I get them into an email list do I keep sending them ads do I do remarketing and 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 then that's where kind of the decisions or are made or a bit of h yeah <laughs> and then you got to do the testing from there but yeah yeah i think uh, that's that's that kind of ties back into the into the first one very well yeah correct and you it's kind of if when you start thinking about that micro commitment thing it is easy much easier to start to get results when you're just working on micro commitments and a result might just be a click or a result might be a download of something or it might be an email address a, a result doesn't necessarily have to be a brand new client on your books yeah. and that's what most people figure base their campaigns on as a brand new client on their books and that's ultimately what you want. You want to figure out your CPA, which is your cost per acquisition. But sometimes that takes a while to figure out your CPA. First, you've got to figure out your CPLs, so your cost per lead and your cost per clicks first, right at the beginning. And mm. start with figuring them out and getting them working pretty well for you. And if you're getting leads for two, three, four, five, six dollars into your funnel, that could be a good thing. And just work at doing that and work at doing that. And then once you start getting a few clients in after those six, eight, 12 touches, two, three, four months or whatever, that's when you can start figuring out your CPAs. And your CPA is a really good number to know your cost per acquisition because that tells you how much marketing budget you've actually got to acquire a customer. Right. And sometimes that takes a long time to figure out. It took us a long time to figure that out. Now we, we kind of know it for most audiences that we've got. But we just originally started on our CPCs, our cost per click. Like what cost per click have we got? Does that feel comfortable? Let's try and get our cost per click down and scale that up a little bit. Then we'll right. focus on cost per lead. Then we, we worked on that for a little bit. Then we focused on cost per acquisition when we had that data. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, going back to what you said about like the numbers don't lie. It's really just you know <laughs> getting those percentages to to work out right. So you're the, the you're spending enough uh, to get enough leads to where enough of those leads will eventually purchase to where you know um, offsets the the price you're paying up front. I can tell you, you know, I've got uh, clients who like sign up for TechSite Builder who tell me they've been listening to my podcast since it started four years ago. Uh, since I started right. the first version of it, and <laughs> and they just now decided, <laughs> yeah, they just now decided to purchase from me. So it, you know, folks can just be hanging out, you know, yeah, enjoying your stuff exactly. until they until they're ready. Like maybe their business isn't in the, at the point where they need you yet, um, and then uh, you know when they're ready, they'll do it. But if you're not being consistent, then they'll forget about you and, and move to someone else. Yeah, exactly. Cool, great stuff. Uh, lot, lots of lots of good tips. I mean, we we covered a lot in this in this episode. Um, so I will uh, have links to some of this stuff in the show notes. Um, so b- before we head out, why don't you tell folks a little bit about Tech Tri- Tech Tribe? Uh, maybe pull back the curtain and let folks know what what's going on behind the scenes there, and and if they're if they might be interested in it. Cool. Uh, so. Our business model is nice and simple. It's a, a membership program for MSP business owners. And, uh, and essentially, people get access, when they join, they get access to three things. They get access to training. So I teach people all different areas of the business, like how to build a documentation system, to how to hire A players, to how to, how to manage meetings in your business, kind of the kind of stuff that we worked on in our business. And we also have experts come in from time to time. We've just started our expert masterclass um, program, which we've just got a couple One's teaching a, a cool little LinkedIn strategy to help grow your customers. The other one at the moment is teaching a, or just taught a referral marketing strategy. And we put them in as expert masterclasses. So the first little prong okay. of the tech tribe is, is just training. Uh, the second part is the resources. So we put in things like managed service agreement templates and, uh, 
and proposal templates and employment agreement templates and business continuity plan templates and all those kind of things that you can use uh, in your MSP. So we've got a pile of them. And as we grow, we're only seven months old at the moment. So as we go, we're going to be adding more and more and more of them. And the last thing is the community. We've got a community of other, at the moment, we just hit 175 uh, paying members. And so we're growing a community of other MSPs all sharing the journey together and the challenges and the wins and the, the downsides and whatnot. And I'm in there coaching people and answering questions for if I've got experience in that particular area, but so is everybody else. If they've got some input on something and whatnot, it's kind of a behind closed doors community. So that's not out in the public. Clients can't find it. Peers can't find it and whatnot. It's all right. behind a closed door kind of thing. So that's I essentially think, what it is. I think a community yeah. like that is, is so invaluable. Um, you know, and there are like people say, oh, there's Facebook groups and stuff that I can join. Yeah. But, but when you're in a community of folks who have like are paying <laughs> monthly, it's, it's kind of a higher caliber of people that are in there. Yeah. They're more willing to share. They're more willing to, to share like private details about their business and stuff. And it's just, I, I've, I've joined a couple um, paid kind of, you know, mastermind membership type groups. And they're always just the community part of it is so, so valuable and something you can't get anywhere else. So just that, that's probably worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. Cool. And so that's awesome. what we're up to. So where can folks find out about that? www.thetechtribe.com. Techtribe.com. Nice and awesome. Yeah. Guys, go check that out. Um, I, you know, I think uh, Nigel's got lots of um, uh, valuable insights that, that he can share just on this podcast, but also in the group. Um, so I definitely check that out. Uh, Nigel, stick around. We're going to have the, uh, the rapid fire questions for you here uh -huh. in a minute. Uh, before we get into that though, I just want to give a shout out to our second sponsor. And, and this sponsor kind of ties into some of the stuff we've been talking about. Um, this is Computer Business Breakthrough. This is a uh, training program for, uh, or we call it a uh, business acceleration program for IT entrepreneurs. And really the focus of Computer Business Breakthrough is for Solo consultants, uh, if you're trying to do, you know, if you're by yourself or maybe you have an employee or two and you're, you're just doing break fix or you're, or you're trading hours for, you know, dollars um, and you're kind of in that cycle where you're just getting burnt out and you're working too many hours, uh, Computer Business Breakthrough is, is built around the idea of finding a niche. Um, looking for a specific service that you can niche in and becoming an expert at that. And it's taught by myself and Lisa Hendrickson. Both of us have had experience with this. So Lisa um, niched into uh, Office 365 and Outlook. And now she's like the, the queen of Office 365 and Outlook. Um, and she's built her business on that. And for me, it's been the web development and specifically WordPress. And so we kind of walk you through our journeys and our business and talk about the experiences we've had. Uh, we, we talk about how to choose a niche, how to uh, be able to set your, your prices as, uh, as a premium consultant. Uh, we talk about de service delivery, choosing partners, because if you're going to niche, you're going to need to find partners to help you with all of the services that you don't do. Um, and then we get into a lot of marketing stuff, um, specifically on the internet. We talk about, you know, blogging and, and webinars and, and your website and podcasts and video, all that stuff. So you can kind of pick and choose what works for you um, out of that pile. And then, uh, and then we get into some of the backroom stuff like operations and, and analysis, analytics, um, and then talk a little bit about growing and scaling, which both Lisa and I are still experimenting with and still working through ourselves. So it's kind of, you know, we take you along with us. We give you behind the scenes of our businesses and what we did. Um, and then, of course, um, 
we give there's a, a private Facebook group that you can join and and get some some feedback there. So it's it's a it's a cool course. Um, it's it's a, just a bunch of videos that you can kind of go through at your own leisurely pace. Uh, and it's, it's, it's cool. You know, the folks that have been through it have really, it's, it's been really inspiring for them and kind of got them to think in a different idea other than, you know, just fixing computers all the time. What can I do to establish myself as an authority and, uh, and then capitalize on that and build a good business out of that. So check it out, uh, all through the month of November, we're giving a special discount, uh, for, uh, just folks who are listening to the podcast and who are on our lists, for a computer business breakthrough, you're going to get 50% off the, the price for the training. So check it out at computerbusinessbreakthrough.com. All right, uh, Nigel. So uh, we came, we have come to the lightning round. So I just got a few quick questions to ask you and just come up with an answer off the top of your head. It doesn't have to be <laughs> could be dangerous. It's live. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the fun part of the show. Uh, so what do you think in your estimation is the biggest mistake that business owners are making with their marketing today? The biggest mistake, uh, giving up too soon. Okay. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, I think we can all relate to that because <laughs> we've all done it. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. What kind of marketing do you believe gives the biggest bang for your buck? So some kind of paid marketing. Consistent uh, marketing. And in terms of IT support businesses, I haven't seen a lot of businesses yet have great success with Facebook because it's a, it's especially at the top of the funnel to try and get leads in the top of the funnel. It's kind of a more retargeting thing further down the funnel. The uh, most success I'm seeing people have is organic LinkedIn strategies, of which there's a few good ones out there. Wow. As well as Google PPC. But we all know Google PPC costs rise over time. But, but there's a few really good um, LinkedIn kind of organic strategies where you can you can even get your uh, one of the masterclasses in our, our thing that a guy called Nate Freeman just did recently where you can get your ideal clients to send you connection requests rather than you you doing it to them it's a kind of 20 minute daily process and I'm seeing a few people have some pretty good results with that kind of stuff at the moment yeah I've, you know I've been seeing something similar and I think I think LinkedIn is a big untapped resource mm. um, and it's it, the the way they're they're growing it is it's becoming a, a much better much more social kind of place and there's a lot more interaction going on over there, so I I love to um actually that's one of my questions I'll, I'll go, it's my last question but I'll bring it now is who should I interview next and I am looking for like some LinkedIn experts or someone who can speak about LinkedIn if okay. you know anybody Andrew Moon he okay. runs a, a course for MSPs called LinkedIn for MSPs dot com beautiful he's built a course and he's got an amazing strategy that you can go pretty deep into. Um, the guides MSPs pretty deep into figuring out their own organic LinkedIn strategy, and he's getting some ridiculously good success out of his clients with it. Love it, and I can be in touch with him. So I'll I'll shoot you an email intro. Awesome, I appreciate finish. it. Yeah, because you know a lot of the topics I have on the show are for selfish reasons. I'm looking for like info <laughs> for myself, so that that's definitely one that I'm looking to to get better with is LinkedIn. Cool. Uh, okay, cool. And my favorite question uh, is. What aspect of marketing are you struggling with these days? Copywriting is the hardest thing for Ooh, me. Okay. And uh, it's hard to find, especially for me, I'm a little bit pedantic, and although probably most people are, um, I'm not trying to be special there. But uh, for me, I've really struggled. I've spent thousands and thousands on different copywriters, and I've really struggled to find someone that, that speaks in the voice that I want to speak in. It's and tough. I guess... Yeah, it is. It's really, really tough. And I, that's one of the things that I'm trying to work through at the moment because most of our marketing copy is currently being built by me. And that's a roadblock. That's a, 
kind yeah. of a stranglehold in how much marketing we put can put out. It's a time suck. <laughs> Correct. Like, yeah, absolutely. It takes a lot of time to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, if you figure that one out, let us know. <laughs> I think we're all looking for that magic bullet as well. Yeah. Excellent. Well, hey, Nigel, it's been a pleasure. Um, I, I love chatting with you. It's It's been a lot of fun. I hope folks got, got a lot out of this. Um, thanks again uh, for being a guest. And you guys can check out uh, Nigel's stuff again at the uh, the Tech Tribe. Um, and, uh, and he's got a lot of stuff going on over there at mytechnologybusiness.com. Thanks again, Nigel, for being a guest. And hopefully we'll be able to have you again uh, in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. And especially if you're listening to this like uh, recorded later on on your iPod or nobody has an iPod anymore on your your iPhone, um, head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com in the show notes section for this episode. There's a comment section. Go ahead and leave any comments you have, any questions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And of course, over there, you'll see all the links that were mentioned in this episode in the show notes. Also, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Just search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook and request access. Can't wait to see you there. Uh, Finally, if you listen to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, we love to get those reviews from you guys. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, All of those reviews help us get found better on those platforms. And the more people who find us, the more cool guests we can bring on. And uh, it's just a win-win in that situation. So definitely, if you haven't yet, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors this episode. It was Tech Site Builder and Computer Business Breakthrough. Thanks again for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying, here's to your success. <laughs>